The Wall Street versus Main Street rhetoric that has become so pervasive reflects a common view of finance as an industry that extracts more value from the economy than it creates. At the same time, there is a growing awareness of how central finance is to our economy and our lives. We see finance everywhere, from our retirement assets to our investments in housing and education. The combination of deep suspicion and curiosity is further complicated by the complexity in which finance shrouds itself. Mind-numbing acronyms, formulas, and spreadsheets serve as barriers to understanding the world of finance. For practitioners of finance, this creates several problems. They need to explain and justify what they do more clearly to win back confidence. They need to ensure that their activities are truly value-creating. More personally, working in an industry that is perceived negatively can take its toll. With expectations so low, finance professionals have little to aspire to, which creates a downward spiral of low expectations and poor behavior. How do we open up the ideas of finance to everyone so they can access them in an affirmative way? How do we recover a sense of the virtues of finance so that the practice of finance can be improved? This book takes the unorthodox position that viewing finance through the prism of the humanities will help us restore humanity to finance. The problems that finance addresses and the beauty of the approach it adopts are most easily understood by attaching finance to the stories of our lives. More than regulation or outrage, fixing finance requires practitioners to return to the core ideas and ideals of finance, which can help them ensure that they are creating value and not extracting it. By linking those core ideas to literature, history, and philosophy, we give them deeper resonance and make them more resistant to corruption. I stumbled upon the idea of linking finance to stories. In the spring of 2015, I found myself in a position I often do, struggling at the last minute to make good on a commitment. I had agreed to give one of the last lectures to the graduating MBA class of Harvard Business School. The so-called last lecture is a tradition that allows professors to offer students, on the eve of their graduation, words of wisdom. At its best, it returns the university to a bygone era. Rather than the production and dissemination of specialized knowledge, for a moment, we would all return to an antiquated notion of a university that acknowledged that, as John Henry Newman put it more than 150 years ago, the general principles of any study you may learn by books at home, but the detail, the color, the tone, the air, the life which makes it live in us, you must catch all these from those in whom it lives already. Having procrastinated for a while, I initially retreated to familiar territory and decided to give a talk about recent financial developments in American corporations. It would be titled The Slow Motion LBO of America, and it would describe how the current share repurchase craze should be understood and reversed. I had something concrete to say, it would be provocative, and to make myself feel even more superior, I rationalized that it was meatier than the puffery that is usually offered in these settings. After I made this decision, I saw a dear friend and colleague. In the last year, he and I had engaged in a series of discussions about how to reinvent ourselves by forcing ourselves into new challenges. 
After I told him of my decision to talk about these developments, his reaction was muted. I had internalized his voice enough to hear him asking me, Really? Do you think that's what they need as they graduate? And is that what you need? His silence was enough to make me realize that I was missing an opportunity. And his friendship gave me the courage to think about doing something that was a challenge to me, a social scientist weaned on statistics and economic models. Instead of a safe topic, I would try to talk about the good life. But what did I, a man in my middle years, know about the good life? I had long been bothered by the common presumption that markets and finance in particular were a crass domain that we had to shelter ourselves from in order to live a good life. It has become common to denigrate finance and to assume that finance has little of value to offer the world and certainly has no wisdom behind it. 